Welcome to Two Jeans In, A Designer's Perspective. We're your hosts, Karen and Helen, both qualified and experienced building and interior designers. So grab your favourite drink as we sip, chat and dive into the world of interior design and construction, sharing expert insights, trends, creativity and inspiration. Cheers to insightful perspectives with a few laughs along the way. Welcome everyone to Two Gins In. Um, I'm Helen and Karen's here with me and today we are recording our uh, podcast on kitchens. It's our second part to our three-part series. We've already published our first part so if you haven't yet listened to that one and you want to go back and have a listen. It's about um, appliances. Yeah. The we importance kind of, of selecting those. That's right. So we started off talking about kitchens in general and we kind of ended up on mainly focusing on appliances mm, because there's did. so much to know about kitchens and there's so much involved in it that we've decided that we'll go into it a little bit more detail in specific areas, which is why we've now got a three-part series. So today's one, we're talking about um, the functionality and aesthetics, which are two of the most important aspects to consider when you're designing a kitchen. So it's really essential that the kitchen layout encourages efficient workflow and that it also provides you enough functional space for cooking and entertaining Mm -hmm. and at the same time the design should really be aesthetically pleasing but also creating an inviting atmosphere that complements its purpose and the rest of your home as well now let's not forget that so when you're considering a kitchen's functionality it's really important to make sure that all the necessary elements are included and that they are easily accessible so we need to include adequate bench space We need storage solutions. Mm -hmm. We need the right appliances that suit your lifestyle and cooking. Mm -hmm. The other thing, really important, Karen, is what? It's bench space. As you and I say, it's actually... Well, really, it's like prime real estate in, it is. in any kitchen and it should be um, sufficient to accommodate, you know, the tasks of meal preparation, cooking and entertaining. When our kids were little, there was mm-hmm. even room enough to do homework. Um, that's yep. always really prevalent when you've got a young family and mm-hmm. whoever's trying to cook, entertaining children at the same time. So having enough space for that. Um, islands, kitchens, islands are a great, great way to add extra bench space as well. And that creates a space for socialising and entertaining. And the size of the island should always, shouldn't it help, mm-hmm. always be proportionate to the size of your kitchen. Definitely. And it should not overwhelm or overcrowd the space. I think some people can get carried away with an island bench mm-hmm. and not consider dimensions and set out. I guess that's something that we can talk about later, maybe in the next episode, um, yeah, a bit more on that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, like we have designed kitchens where our client has chosen not to have mm. an island island bench because they wanted to incorporate a lovely big dining table yes. and it wasn't their thing. Their kids were grown up and it wasn't their thing to have um, that island space and they didn't yeah. want that dominating their kitchen. So the majority of kitchens we design these days do have an island bench, True. but it isn't necessary. But like Karen said, make sure that it is proportionate to your kitchen as well. So when you're designing a kitchen, it can be pretty exciting, but it's also a daunting task because there are so many elephant elephants. <laughs> oh, I hope that there are elephants in the kitchen. Get rid of that elephant in the room. Oh my god! Elements. I think you're trying to say elements. <laughs> so many elements <laughs> to consider. So it's important that you 
stay organised throughout mm-hmm. the whole process of design and ensure that all safety regulations are met. Now, possibly the general public don't really think about what kind of safety True. regulations and elements there are. So mm-hmm. I guess they're relying on the, either their kitchen company or their designer to point those out. But for those designing kitchens in Australia, there are some specific standards that we really should follow. And it may be a little bit different in other countries, but a lot of these standards, Karen, aren't they? They're pretty much common sense. Oh, I couldn't agree really, more. Really, isn't it? And, and I think the dimensions, the standards are what you and I base every kitchen from. There's yep. flexibility around it with heights and depths, depending on how much space that we have. But why don't we just give an overview of standards and how things are set out from, let's start with the ground. Start from the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Let's start with the floor. (laughs) This this might be a little bit kind of tedious for some of you because let's face it, we're talking, you know, numbers, numbers here, but it is really important and it is really valuable that you have an understanding of the standards and Mm -hmm. what you should be allowing for. Because when we've worked with clients in the past, you know, they're trying to fit everything into sometimes a tight space and depending on the thoroughfare of your kitchen which I think we touched upon in our first Mm -hmm. podcast you know you can have three or four entrance areas Mm -hmm. or points entrance points to your kitchen but you need to really consider the thoroughfare so but if you don't follow the dimensions yes it comes down to millimeters it does Mm -hmm. and you've really got to make sure that there's enough flow absolutely um to function properly within your kitchen so let's go okay so we call it the kickboard or the skirting of the kitchen some people who might be in the industry might think of it as a skirting but we call it the kickboard Mm -hmm. this height can range from 100 let's talk in millimeters we're here in australia so 100 to 200 mils um if you in height in heights yes but if you choose to do 200 mil you can make use of that kickboard space. So we've done that in the past. We've had used that space for, you know, with those magnetic pushes. A little secret drawer for shallow things like baking trays and, mm. um, you know, other narrow things. So mm-hmm. it, it's a spot that can also be used for storage. So yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do it if you're in the 100 mil zone, as we said, 200 mil. It's mils. too shallow. It's way too shallow. Sometimes they've got these um, little gadgets that you can purchase where you've got little, like, tractor, I guess, under mm-hmm. the skirting where it goes into like a little, I guess, like a dustpan yes. style setup where you can just sweep under there. Mm-hmm. Personally, I wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to do no. that. And I, I do like the tray storage idea, though. If you've yeah, got that high yeah. skirting, that kickboard. Yeah. Um, so skirting kickboard. Yeah, because if it's too, if your skirting is too low, you've also got to consider when you're cleaning and mopping the floor. And I digress a little bit here, Karen. When you're mopping the floor, you don't want your mop to be hitting the cupboard door. Facing the joint. And that's what the kickboard is for as well. So it needs to be durable, hard wearing. As you just said, you're not digressing. It's practical. The broom, the mop, the vacuum are going to hit that. Exactly, yeah. So we've kind of found, we generally kind of keep them around about 120, don't we? That seems to be a kind of happy medium, Mm -hmm. I guess. It's high enough to sort of keep the base of the cupboard off the floor at a decent height and also maximise the space. Because the higher the kickboard is, you're taking that amount of space out of your storage. Exactly. Unless you're including it in the skirting. Right, so the next thing is bench top height. Mm -hmm. Ideally here we do 900 mil. Yeah, that's kind Um, of standard. Standard and plus or minus 
20 mils. Some yeah. clients particularly, we've had clients in the past who are quite tall, so we've taken it up to 950. Mm. But if you do do that, you need to be very mindful of what dishwasher that you're putting in there. Mm. Because yeah. if you do take yeah. it up to the 950, most dishwashers are designed to sit under a 900 yeah. mil bench. So you could resolve that by putting the dishwasher on a plinth, yeah. which is probably not so practical for well, filtering in and out. You also something... want your dishwasher to line up with the bottom of the cupboards and well, you the do. top of the cupboards. So, yeah, exactly. So consider that if you are going to take it higher, that most dishwashers are designed to sit un under that 900 mil oh. uh, height. It's catching, isn't it, it Karen? Is <laughs> oh, people must be used to us tripping over our work uh, <laughs> every week. That's the ideal height, um, and that height can also be adjusted depending on the thickness of the bench top. But that's a whole other that's, conversation. Yeah, whole, yeah. No. So I guess... I guess with the bench top height, mm -hmm. ideally the top is at 900. Mm -hmm. So, and that's 900 from the finished finish floor, floor level. level. So that is really important. Yeah. So whatever know. flooring you've got, you mm -hmm. need to consider if it's a renovation and you're going over the top, top. Mm -hmm. of say some tiles and you don't want to rip them up and you're putting in like maybe a, a floating timber floor or whatever, you need to take that measurement from the finished floor mm -hmm to the very top of the bench top. Correct. The makeup in between that is that depending on the thickness of your bench top, depending mm -hmm. on the height of your skirting and whatever is remaining is your cupboard space or drawer space or exactly. dishwasher space. So exactly. be mindful. I've noticed too, Karen, with a lot of the jobs that we're doing lately, a lot of people are wanting to go a little bit higher than the 900. Yes. So 920, 920 seems to be... Mm -hmm. more and that doesn't popular. have a, that doesn't have a huge impact on the dishwasher no but some, it's amazing how 20 mil sometimes mm -hmm. can make a difference definitely to the comfort of the height it can pose a problem when you have somebody that's very tall and somebody that's very short we actually mm. did a kitchen for a chef oh, we did um and they both were good cooks and he was very tall and she, and she was, was really short. very short <laughs> and he wanted the, all the bench heights to be i think he was like 950 or something but then we did a drop down area for her didn't we? yeah in yeah. the in the but butler's pantry <laughs> created her own little kitchen in yes. there so but another thing that, that we'll talk about too is if you go too high with your bench top that means you're Overhead cupboards are going yes, to sit even higher. Higher, but because we'll talk it, about that. That I guess in actually a, when we're talking that's about that's the, the next point. Is so, it your next point? Oh no, <laughs> bench top depth. So sorry. Okay, so quite right. The standard is six hundred mil. Yeah. In some instances, we've taken this out to seven hundred okay. mil if there's enough room. So it's it's mm. all about the floor plan, how much space we've got to work with as to the depth of that. Yeah. Um, a tip is making the bench deeper takes the fridge depth into consideration, particularly if you want that flush line look because mm. that'll cover you know, the depth of the handles and things yeah. like that. Another point is downdraft uh, with your cooktops. We've installed those in a few kitchens. Yeah. And you have to bring the bench top out to 750 to allow for that downdraft at so the back. So a downdraft is basically like your range hood, but it's instead of being a hood and bit sitting above, it sits in, in it's like a vent, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's an exhaust that sits at the back, at of, the the back of your cooktop. Yes. Uh, some cooktops now have an inbuilt downdraft as mm -hmm. part of the cooktop. Yes, um, which is kind of clever and it does come in handy as well if you've got a cooktop on an island bench mm. which generally not my favorite thing to I do. prefer to avoid mm -hmm. um, but again it 
every every design is individual and every space is individual and maybe that's the only space that you have with the depth you'll find a lot of units because i know my daughter was one stage hunting for a unit and a lot of the bench tops are about 500 to 550 in the older units because they're small kitchens yes not the most practical but again there's no hard and fast rule about the depth having to be 600 mil but you'll find a lot of the appliances and things nowadays are set i'm going to say it is you need 600 mil if you're buying all brand new appliances you don't want them sitting forward of that bench no and i guess i guess with the 600 mil i guess well yeah you don't want to go less than that but Mm -hmm. if you're if you're in a unit that has a you know a 500 550 which is really not uncommon in a lot of the units you need a new bench top <laughs> well i well if you can't afford to renovate it and that's all you've got you might not have some of them are really narrow but what you'll find is they'll have freestanding ovens and cook hmm. combination ovens cook tops and they sit out about at about a common thing that we see yes i agree no. they are in units but if you're doing a brand new kitchen 600 mil is your go-to is, yeah okay so the next one is island bench top depth depth <laughs> these can vary from 600 750 900 mil to 1200 mil so one point is mm-hmm. if you want to sit at an island bench you need to set it out with a minimum of 900 1200 is ideal as we said um the 900 mil allows for cabinet if you're tied on space allows mm-hmm. for cabinetry on one side or the dishwasher and then on the other side if you want to sit up to that bench you need 350 to 400 mils for mm-hmm. the for your knees for your knees to go under because you can't yeah otherwise you'll be sitting sideways at yeah, your island exactly. bench so don't go below the 350 mil if you are setting out an mm-hmm. island bench and you've got cabinetry on the other side another yeah. tip is you can make them too big like if you know mm-hmm. yeah if you have plenty of floor space to play with don't make the mistake of filling it with a massive huge island bench that is awkward to clean you quite often yeah. see them in the american um renovation shows these mm-hmm. huge and i i look at them and i think i i'm not overly tall i'd have to get up on a stool and climb on them why can't you i'm up and climb visualizing you <laughs> on your hands and knees on top of the beetle cleaning yeah so just be mindful that you've got to clean from both sides and 1200 mils is great um, yeah you kind of don't want to go too deep but also um you know 1100 to 1200 is probably what is common and Mm. you've also got to consider the size of the if you're going with a slab a a natural stone slab or a reconstituted stone slab which we'll get into a little bit later Mm, because there's changes around that there's been some changes there in australia but a lot of the slabs are quite big now so that you don't have that join in them whether it's porcelain or 3200 stone it's the biggest slab we can get yeah so i think the point that i was going to make was if you've got a 600 deep cupboard which is kind of standard you might want to go 700 deep but then you've drawers for 700 are pretty okay because you can pull the drawers out but if it's just a cupboard space the deeper you go the harder it is that it's going to, to get reach things back to the things that that's where you can get into mechanisms so, and there's so many out there that yeah that's true I think now there'll be episode four talking about all the all wonderful the mechanisms like corner, corner cupboards and <laughs> whatever but if you're at an island bench we often have karen mentioned two sets of cupboards one at the face the functional cupboard that sort of face oh there's my ring against my skin <laughs> <laughs> that faces the you know the main working area bench space 
And then the other side where you've got your 350 to mm -hmm. 400 um, millimeter gap for your knees, so the mm -hmm. cupboard's set back, you need the face of the um, iron bench to the back of the cupboards on the other side. It could be anything from 300 to 500, mm -hmm. sometimes 600, depending on how deep your bench is. Utilising the Generally space. Generally not 600. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll put cupboards on that side. But what we don't like to see handles <laughs> they're meant to be secret they're meant to be wow we've made yeah. the most of the space exactly you don't so, want to see and, and and if you're sitting there with your knees you under don't the yes you don't, you don't want, want to catch your knees on on it's a pet peeve the handle or the yeah, knobs it just looks weird it does and there's push catch latches that you can little magnetic things that, and it'll just look like you've got a lovely panel mm. there with secret it's a great place to cupboard. store vases or yeah. glassware that you don't your cocktail glasses and things like that you don't use it's not your everyday use mm. but a great utilization of yeah. that space yeah okay. okay so what's the next one um bench top thickness okay so this can be anything pretty much mm. that's you know within reason of course so you've got so it really depends on the material that you're using for your bench top and the design aesthetic that you're looking exactly. for so for example laminate which was kind of the common thing which is a little less common now in the main kitchen area we might use laminate in a butler's pantry, pantry or something pantry. just to mm -hmm. reduce the cost it usually comes in 33 millimeter um, thickness mm -hmm. because you've got your board and then you've got the laminate that sits on top mm -hmm. um, and then the edge strip which is usually PVC comes in certain um, thicknesses as well so you kind of need to you know stick to those standards engineered stone is generally um, it's the slabs are generally 20 mil, mm -hmm. 20 millimeters thick in saying that you can mitre them at the corner and create a 40 mil which is 20 mil and 40 mil are probably the most popular sometimes on your island bench you might want to go with 100 mil or whatever depending yeah. on, on the look the look of the design and that's just you can go as as deep as you want because you're mitering mm, the corner so yeah but when you talk about engineered stone we are going to talk about that in another episode mm -hmm. because there has been a ruling here in Australia yeah. on engineered stone so yes because it's not um because of the silica. silica in it yeah exactly. and so. being harmful to not not the finished product no because, because the finished product is fine it's, it's harmful to the stonemason stonemason mm -hmm. and the way they cut it so the first um, of July next year mm -hmm. 2024 when this episode is out in 2024 but we're here recording Twenty-three. Yeah. <laughs> um, no longer engineered stone will is being banned here in Australia. Yeah. So it's a world first. So we we as designers are a little bit ahead of the curve. So we're going to be having a chat with one of the major stone, stone suppliers on um, what yeah. what's to come for Australia here. So and what but, the implications are to people that are in this kind of in between that have already yes. selected their few, stone. Yeah. Um, or have literally just well a few of our projects we've had to put them on. Hold because the ruling is not until mid-year next year so they're allowing those projects to flow through so if you're in that transition period like there's mm -hmm. one client that we've got at Gaimi Bay um, I've been chatting to her she's going to wait to see what's coming out mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is which has been trending of late anyway is the porcelain slabs so mm -hmm. they're on trend and they come down to quite narrow they're 12 mil so yeah if, so they can be 20 mil but they quite mm. often which is a beautiful that sort of European sleek look to it mm. so if you are on the cusp of making a decision either hold off 
or you'll have to have your kitchen engineered stone installed well and truly by the 1st of July. It has to be year. before the 1st of July. Yeah. yeah. So there um, are, are other narrower porcelain slabs. Some are in three six mil. Remember that kitchen that we did and we had the porcelain actually on the fronts of the cupboard? Yes, that's, yeah. that's an interesting thing with mm. the porcelain because it does come in narrow. It's basically like a porcelain tile, tile. but in slab form. Exactly. So if they're thin, like a three to six mil, you, you, like Karen said, you can fix them to the face of your drawer if that's or your outdoor kitchen. Or great for an outdoor kitchen. Yeah. If it's if yeah. it is in the yeah. harsh sunlight. Well, that was the other thing too with the engineered stone. You couldn't yeah. use it. No, because the resins are yellow in the sun. Yeah. So we'd often have to. Um, we do concrete. We've done concrete. Either do concrete or get a porcelain mm. slab slab for and try and sort of either match them up or pick a, a complementary yeah. colour yes. stone to match for your exactly. outdoor kitchen. Okay, right. so another dimension set out to talk about is the space between a bench top, for example. Um, if an island bench sits opposite your cooktop zone, like that. In like a galley a, style yeah, kitchen you're yeah. referring to? Yeah. So the space should be no less than 1,200 mils. I had mm -hmm. one client quite a few years ago who almost argued the point with me and I said well your dishwasher will be open someone will be walking past mm. and so she brought it down to 900 and then regretted the decision mm. and she had like quite a big living room coming off that so I didn't understand her, her, logic. her logic but the you know that 1200 meals between you know the island bench and the workspace at yeah. least as I said, you can open that dishwasher, someone can walk past, you could be standing to the side of it, unloading. 1200 is ideal. Mm. That's an Australian yeah. standard. Especially like Christmas time. Hey, like we've mm. just all had Christmas here and busy, busy kitchen There's spaces. A kitchen is always the most I, I crowded space. I don't think I stepped out of it really for four, no. four hours. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it needs to be oh, cocktails, which is quite nice. Oh, that's all right. I was like, oh, washing. Oh, thank you, Gavin, for another <laughs> Good on you, Gavin. That was quite good. Well, it's always like if you're stuck in the kitchen and it's usually hot yeah. here in Australia and with ovens and all sorts of things and stovetops running, functionality you know, is key oh, to getting gosh, those yeah. meals out. Yeah, so you need to have enough bench space to sit your cocktail that you can grab <laughs> exactly. and prepare food as well. So, yeah, it, yeah, that flow mm -hmm. is really, really yes. important. And that, that dimension applies to other shaped kitchens, like a U-shaped mm. kitchen as well. If yeah, between any workspace, between, exactly. you really should have 1,200 mil. 1,200 mil, particularly if you've got a fridge that, anything that has something that opens, Open like doors. a fridge door, an oven door, mm -hmm. a dishwasher, as Karen mentioned earlier or if it's a main thoroughfare even if there aren't well don't forget you've got drawers, drawers so most kitchens have drawers exactly. don't they? Oh. cupboard doors whatever but you want to be able to also have if someone's flow. working at the bench the flow someone to be able to walk past without having to step out of the space to let exactly. somebody else in so the next point is clearance between bench top and the overhead cupboards. As you mentioned before, if mm -hmm. you, you need to be mindful if you are going to take your bench top higher, your cupboard overhead, overhead cupboards, cupboards have to follow. Yes. So you need what is it a minimum of six hundred yes. mil space between the top of your bench top to the underside, to the underside of your yes. overhead cupboard. Now, if you have gas cooktop, that's something different. You have to bump it up to six fifty mil. Now, yeah. gas is being here's another ruling in oh, Australia trying to phase gas out in mm -hmm. Victoria I think we've actually mentioned mentioned it in other episodes that it's phased out in Victoria any new builds can't have gas cooktops 
So that's interesting. Uh, that will follow. I'm not sure how you. that's going to yeah. pan out. But anyway, um, there's going to be a lot of unhappy people. But yeah. yes, just oh, the other thing too with the overhead cupboards, Karen, is the depth of the overhead cupboards. Mm -hmm. So why can't we have a nice deep overhead cupboard, Karen? Well, basically, if it was deep and you're standing at the cooktop and you go to open something or not even open it, if, if it's too deep, then access to the back of the cooktop, your vision is impaired mm. because the overhead cupboards are literally out yeah, too far. Yeah. yeah. So you want yeah. you want to keep those, as you said, no no deeper than 400 mils. I guess if you take, if you've got a deeper bench top underneath like say you've taken that out to 700 you, it's proportionary yeah if it's 700 you could probably get away with 400 but i wouldn't 450 well you don't want it too deep anyway even if no. you do have a deep because how are you going to reach because it's up high yeah. so how do you reach the back exactly. of the cupboard so 400 is a good standard and 400 i would only use if you did have a deep bench top and then yeah you've got consider sometimes you'll go deeper like for example if if you've got a lot a very high ceiling and you're taking your overhead mm -hmm. covers up then sometimes we'll bring the top covers out to 600 deep to line up with the bench top yes and sit the ones basically from mm -hmm. the bench height to to literally over your head and break that space up but mm. the only reason you'd only need you have to access the top covers yeah with a, a ladder <laughs> a step ladder of some sort but again or we do a bulkhead over it's it's just making the most of storage and storing exactly. things like christmas decorations stuff that you're not going to pull out exactly you know, yeah use on a day-to-day -day basis so as but again, said, it comes down to design yeah. as well the ideal is 400. so the next thing is the or space no around your cooktop so here in Australia, the standard state state that there should be 50 mil gap between non-combustible materials and 200 mil clearance to combustible materials. So what? How does that impact Helen? Like the set out of you know, it, it, as it says, you know, if it's if you've got a mirrored splashback, it, your cooktop needs to be set forward. If you've got cupboards tight on the side, they can't be tight on the side. You've got to have that 200 mil clearance, yeah. and that's all for safety because if you get a flare up on the cooktop. And the cupboards are sitting right next to it. It's highly likely oh, the whole place gonna, is going to go yeah, up. They're so. going to catch. So yeah, yeah which is why um, gas has a higher um, yes. space between the bench top and the under and the underside of the overhead cupboards. But not just like for practical and safety reasons, you need to have that little bit of clearance. Mm. Um, but ideally, unless you're really tight on space, you probably you probably want at least 300 mil either side of your um, cooktop as a bit of well, bench space utensils yeah you want to be able to put your, your utensils down you want to have that little bit of space you don't want to be crammed in between two no cupboards at a minimum it's just practical it is and if you can if you've got room 300 mil either side mm -hmm. or even if you have no four to 500 mil one side and a narrower you know um 300 mil on the other yeah, side no you just yeah need some space okay so i guess in summary um when it comes to materials used in kitchens, safety regulations and guidelines must be followed. So Australian yeah. standards require that materials used for kitchen construction and surfaces must comply, which you and I use all the time, mm. and must be set out by standards set in the Building Code of Australia, which we refer to as the BCA. Yeah. Um, the reason is the standards ensure that all parts of the kitchen, you know, everything has to remain safe uh, for use and are fire resistant and slip resistant. That's yes, the thing, isn't it? Another important yeah. thing. Okay, so use all these tips as a guide to, I guess, ensure that your space flow mm. and the functionality and the safety regulations are met before you sign off any design 
for any designer, yeah. for any kitchen. Um, now that you're aware of them, when you're looking at, when you're working with your designer or kitchen company to resolve the layout of your kitchen, you know, you need to be mindful of the what numbers. you have to consider. <laughs> the numbers. I mean, they should know and they should guide you, but to have an understanding yeah. of that you could just makes the process so much easier. Mm. Um, and and whether it's, if, if you're just being practical or, whether it's for aesthetic um, purposes, there is no shortage of ideas when it comes to creating a beautiful and functional kitchen that meets all the necessary mm. requirements. Um, you can still have a beautiful looking kitchen and tick all those yeah. um, requirements off and have it functional and safe. Exactly. Um, but one thing we always say in signing off on this episode as we come to a close, um, you know, we always refer to Pinterest. So go out and have a look um, at examples of well-designed kitchens and, yeah. you know, for inspiration and, um, yeah. It's and ideas, ideas on how to exactly. maximise, you know, storage or space in a in a tight space. I mean, whatever your space is, type in, you know, tight space or narrow kitchen mm ideas yeah exactly and like they'll be thrown yeah thrown hundreds of ideas so we also have some useful tools on our website um we'll put some in the show notes yeah we've got kitchen checklists and setouts um we also have things about style so we've got a free downloadable about style and that applies to kitchens and the general home as well Mm. so check out the show notes we'll put a few things in there Mm. for you to download but thanks for joining us today on kitchens part two there'll be a three and now i feel like there'll be four Oh, there's always something to go on. So to sign off, cheers. cheers. Thanks for joining us. And enjoy the rest of your Thanks for joining us on the Two Gins in Design podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and insights on the world of design and construction. We look forward to our next episode with more design inspiration, tips from the experts, and a behind-the-scenes look at our latest projects. If you want more design information or simply want to check out our portfolio of projects, visit our website at mcraeandlynch.com.au and our Instagram, McRae and Lynch Designs. And feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels if you have any comments, questions or even topics you'd like us to discuss. And please, don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Thanks again for listening and if you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love you to share it with your friends and family. We look forward to catching up with you on our next episode. Have a great weekend. Cheers. Cheers.